This is the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, May 10th. So, Corey, I heard that uh, there's some local former high school players up at the college level who are making uh, making some big uh, waves. Yes, as a matter of fact, um, University of Minnesota Crookston darn near swept the NSIC Baseball Awards. Yeah. They darn near swept them, earning um, Player of the Year, Newcomer of the Year, Pitcher of the Year, and Freshman of the Year. The only thing they didn't get was Coach of the Year. Is that good? Uh, that's pretty good, as far as I can tell. Want to congratulate Alex Kep of Parker's Prairie, a Parker's Prairie grad. He was named the NSIC Baseball Pitcher of the Year. Wow. I was uh, talking with someone yesterday a little bit about him, and he has like increased his fastball speed like like. <laughs> 10 plus miles an hour in Jeez. his time. It's just ridiculous. He's not a huge guy, right? He's like, he's 5'8, maybe something like that. He was a point guard on their basketball team. Um, uh, he was the he was the classic, like, crafty lefty on the basketball floor, I remember. That's where I have the most, like, distinct memories of Alex playing was, was on the basketball team. But clearly, a really nice baseball player as well. He's, you know, goes to play Division II baseball. And, um, uh, you know, now he's got like a 90 plus mile an hour fastball and is the pitcher of the year in the NSIC, which is pretty darn good. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's good. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much else when you can throw a when you can throw a fastball in the 90 mile an hour range. Yeah, at the Division two level, you're gonna get, you're gonna be pretty effective. Whoosh! And the NSIC freshman baseball player of the year is Josh Dykoff, Wadena Deer Creek grad, I believe. Uh, again, um. The number off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember from a conversation yesterday, uh, 14 home runs this year as Dang. a freshman, which sets the uh, the the freshman record anyway at Crookston. He's the the freshman home run leader. And, um, you know, turns out we knew he could hit going in. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Doing a little pitching at Crookston as well, playing over at first base uh, from time to time also. And uh, anyway, just congratulations to Alex. Congratulations to Josh. Very deserving and pretty awesome uh, uh, helping to – Dominate in the and in, in the NSIC a park region flavor in the NSIC baseball conference. You know, Crookston should really be uh, sending their flowers over to the park region conference for uh, yeah for their effective season uh, because the NSIC baseball tournament does start this weekend. So I believe even today, yeah, I believe even first games start today. Yeah. So they have their they have their first postseason games technically and then we'll see what they can do if they can make a run even get into that NCAA tournament we'll way see. to go Alex way to go Josh good luck good luck good luck a golden golden Eagles I guess soar uh, soar Eagles soar whatever they say over there whatever they fly say. Eags fly whatever they say out east roll damn Eags uh well not quite the <laughs> that's same. not it not quite the same oh no. Oh, okay. Uh, if you want context for the Bemidji State University baseball team, uh, Corey, how many games did they win? Oh, uh, seven? You're being generous. I have no idea. They won two. Oh, really? Two games in a 40-game schedule. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Not great. Uh, they could use maybe an Alex Kepper or they Josh They could use Dyke some players from the Park Region <laughs> Conference on yes. that team is what it sounds like. Well, they got a couple, uh, you know, 
Uh, it's roll them beeves, not roll over. <laughs> not roll over. There's a couple beeves. Park Region Conference guys up on that Bemidji State team, I'm but sure not there a, is. not enough though. That's the problem. It, oh, that's that's that, the problem. Yeah. There needs to be more. Come on, guys. It's got, it starts with, you know, it's got to start with one. It's got to start with one. Uh, anyway, uh, so, Corey, uh, high school sports have kind of gotten a, a big shakeup here in the last 24 hours. Big announcement from the State High School League. What is it? Yeah, yesterday, the Minnesota State High School League, it's called the Representative Assembly. Sounds uh, really official. Had their, had their meeting, and it's an opportunity to go over um, – uh, they're like legislative bylaws, right? Mm-hmm. Make any uh, updates or upgrades where they need to um, roll things. Up, you know, whatever. It's it's a governing body. And uh, yesterday they um, made some changes to some adaptive sports around the state, which is really great. Um, uh, but probably the biggest news out of that meeting yesterday was that uh, – Boys volleyball has become an official sanctioned Minnesota State High School League sport and is set to rock and roll in the 2024-2025 school year. This is a big deal. They've been talking about it for a number of years now. Um, Most recently, I think it did not pass by two votes and maybe before that by like I don't know, five votes. It was somewhere in that range. It was just on the cusp of happening. They needed 32 votes this year. I believe it's a 48-member assembly. They needed 32 votes for it to pass. They got 37 Wow, or 39. Now the number's uh, uh, evading me. But it doesn't matter. It passed. So for the twenty beginning in the 24-25 school year, boys' high school volleyball is officially a thing. Um in Minnesota, club volleyball has been a thing um, uh, for a couple of years, and a large number of uh, boys uh, around the state are playing club volleyball already. But now it becomes an official sanctioned sport. Of course, the interesting thing is how it's going to work itself out, especially in you know what everyone likes to call Greater Minnesota. This is going to probably soar through the stratosphere in the metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. That's um, where where the majority of the club teams are already happening, right? You're talking in the metro area. You're talking Rochester. You're talking St. Cloud. You're talking Duluth. Those areas are probably going to see. But when is it going to happen? Is it going to happen um, around here in the immediate future? It's it's hard to say. If if it does start to happen um, soon. You know, we're going to see a lot like we see in, in other sports. You're going to see a lot of co-ops and, and things like that. Of course, I'm just speculating. That is if it even happens yeah. um, in the immediate vicinity right away. Um, but it's cool. It's cool that it's happening. I love that sport, and I love that it's that it exists. I was asked yesterday, um, Corey, if it existed, if boys volleyball existed when you were in high school, would you have played? Uh, what a good darn question! Because I loved volleyball. My mom was a volleyball coach. Um, uh, when there were different volleyball, you know, like summer rec volleyball camps, community ed volleyball camps, things like that. Um, on occasion, that I would go do those. I was often the only boy who was doing them because my mom was a whatever. It was. Uh, I just loved the sport and I loved playing. But like, if I were I, the immediate scenario, I thought in my head is if I was a senior in high school, and boys volleyball became a thing for my senior year of high school, would I have played? 
And my answer uh, uh, to the person who asked me was, um, I would have wanted to, but I don't know that I would have because I'm pretty sure I would have been afraid of being demolished by my friends for bailing out on them on not mm-hmm. making fun of me for playing volleyball but for bailing out on them on the on if you know if this ends up being a fall sport like the girls are like bouncing on a football season <laughs> like what are you doing man you're hang, leaving us hanging so i don't know that i uh would but i would have i would have wanted to if it was already like in 10 years from now right yeah already i 100% would have picked volleyball over um, in this instance, football. They don't know if it's going to be a fall sport yet or a spring sport. That is to be determined. Um, you know, and there's different precedent for for everything. Um, like tennis, for example, they're fall and spring, girls and boys. Mm-hmm. Obviously, basketball can only be in the winter because um, uh, because it's winter and you need to play inside. But gym space becomes the the issue in all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the spring, those baseball and softball teams and golf teams, they need the gym for their early season yeah. practices. So can you have volleyball in the in the high schools? There's a lot of things that are going to need to be worked out yet, but it's here, and I think it's really exciting. It's here, it's coming, not in this upcoming school year, but the next one. Yeah, really cool to see another uh, sport get sanctioned by the high school league, and like you said, Corey, we'll see how it develops and there are some around title, this area. There are some Title IX things that need to be considered, right? So if you're um, already exactly compliant or not compliant with some of those Title IX things and what sports are offered to who, um, you're not getting boys volleyball anytime soon. Um because things will need to like, you know, you got to keep things uh, uh, equal, which is the right thing to do. Um, but if you are good to go and can fire it up in your school, man, I hope to see it. That's exciting. We're going to be calling high school boys volleyball in the very near future, I think, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So somebody who, by the way, was a uh, college volleyball player, not college volleyball player, high school volleyball player, Corey. Yeah. Twins manager Rocco Baldelli. Oh, sure. Yeah. He was, uh, uh, of course, uh, a good athlete in his own right, former player. A good athlete. He was dunking as a freshman. Yeah, he was a pretty he's good. He's 6'5". He's a ginormous man. He was like Joe Maurer level of like generational type athlete. Uh, he went two picks after Joe Maurer in the draft, by the way. Yes. like the, And his career got ended because of a weird muscle condition, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, he was a guy who had a he was a guy who played uh, high school volleyball. So that's there, awesome. There's that connection. There's that segue. That's about as positive as it's going to get because uh, the Twins lost six to one last night to the San Diego Fathers, and uh, really, it was just a bad loss. Uh, Louis Varland, I thought, had a good start. Pitched six innings, only giving up one run. Maybe it was five and two thirds. I think he pitched six full. Uh, put the Twins in a good position to win the game. It was tied one to one, and Things fell apart in the seventh inning. Griffin Jacks came into relief and threw. Griffin Jacks walked a couple guys, but not really through a fault of his own. Had a weird inning. There was like a half-hearted swing that just kind of rolled in the right spot between second base, first base, and the pitcher's mound for a single. And then uh, a, w- a couple walks. And then also had a. Um, there was a bunt attempt uh, that Miranda playing third base with a, nobody on third, runner on second, decided to charge up. And when he charged up, it allowed the runner to get to third base, which then allowed the bunt for a safety squeeze. 
and that was the go-ahead run. And then, of course, they would get another run that inning because Vasquez, when Tatis was on third base for San Diego, he threw at his back, and that ball rolled to the outfield, and then Vasquez promptly got pinch hit for uh, in the next inning, I might add. And yeah. Ryan Jeffers came in to catch. So that might have been a not-so-subtle way of Rocco going and knock that off. Yeah. Uh, but either way, a sloppy, sloppy game for the Twins. And then Jorge Alcala comes in the game and gives up a three-run home run to Tatis in the top of the ninth inning just to put the game away. Uh, for Fernando Tatis, a good baseball player. Juan Soto went four for four with two doubles and a walk. Uh, Juan Soto is also a really good baseball player. Oh, it was Manny Machado that hit the home run, not Tatis. But either way. Uh, the Their pod, team's loaded. I loaded. mean, just think about those mistakes you made on names and uh. who they actually were. They're so good. And Tatis hasn't like played. I mean, he's been back for not a long time after missing some time. And uh, not a totally likable guy, Fernando Tatis Jr. No. But that dude can play some baseball. He can mash. And the Twins found that out. And uh, really, this isn't an indictment on the Twins pitching staff. And yeah, it doesn't look good on the fielding, the sloppiness of that. But overall, it's an indictment on this lineup. Corey, this lineup has been bad, and especially bad in the month of May. There's only one team that has a lower on-base-plus slugging percentage in baseball since May 1st, and it's the Cleveland Guardians. But the Twins have a 528 on-base-plus slugging percentage this month. They're, they lead the league in strikeouts over the last two weeks. Uh, it's just it's not been good. And whether it's somebody like Correa, whether it's somebody like Buxton, whether it's somebody like Vasquez or Taylor or whoever, it's it's a one through nine issue. There is no guy who's been kind of the bright light. Jose Miranda and Carlos Correa have kind of taken the brunt of it. We'll get to Correa in a second. But for Miranda, uh, after kind of the sloppy play, he had an, an RBI double yesterday, and he made a couple nice plays in the field. But outside of that, had a tough at-bat later in the game, and then also had some tough fielding uh, kind of miscues with positioning himself to allow the runner to advance. Uh, Corey, I'm ready. Here's my here's my home run desperation attempt. All right, bombs away, CJ Baumgartner. All right, so it's time to send Miranda down to AAA. Let him get right. Not saying he's gone forever, but he just needs to get right. Send him down for a couple weeks like he did for Larnick. Kyle Farmer's coming back at some point this week, so that will be a boon to the offense as well. But you should also send down Willie Castro and in his place call up number one prospect Brooks Lee. I'm in. I mean, here's the thing. He's named the same as one of my kids, so I'm in. Brooks Lee, uh, the Twins' number one prospect, and... Uh, he's been hitting the ball really well in Double A. He mashed the ball in Double A and High A and rookie ball last year. Uh, he's a Twins top prospect. He's already 22 years old. He's played four years of college ball. His dad was a college head coach. He has college. He has baseball pedigree. He's a guy who's been around baseball. He's hit right now at every level. Bring him up. Just and even if it's just for like a week or two, just get him his feet wet in the majors and send him back down and kind of entice everybody on the possibility of Brooks Lee. And because the same, the Twins did the same thing with Royce Lewis last year, so there is precedent. And for that. he was immediately awesome and immediately impactful. Mm -hmm. Like he was in the bottom of the lineup, but his presence there made everything feel a lot better. Uh, I, I, and I know he got hurt, but he was going to be on that major league team for a while throughout last season if he stayed healthy. Royce Lewis, by the way, also starting his rehab throughout the minor leagues. So expect him 
I mean, their date for him to come back is around the All-Star break, which is mid-July, but theoretically it could be sooner. My point is is that there's a, a cavalcade of prospects, whether it's Ed Julian, whether it's Brooks Lee, whether it's Royce Lewis. There's guys that eventually can fill in for Miranda, but right now you do need to make a call, and he's just taken a lot of bad at-bats, and there's nobody on the Major League Club who's really capable of taking time away from him, one, just because of position. They don't play third base that well or because they can't hit at all and nobody else can really hit. So I think that's the move you have to make in terms of finding a third baseman in terms of doing that. Kyle Farmer coming back will help, but man, uh, I I need to be seeing some Royce Lewis. I I mean, I need to be seeing some Brooks Lee and then eventually Royce Lewis. But Carlos Correa had a quote yesterday because he got booed a couple different times because he had a really bad game yesterday. Uh, Here's Carlos Correa talking about that. Yeah, absolutely, you know. I'll boo myself too, you know, with the amount of money that I'm making if I'm playing like that and I'm in the in the stands coming to play. So obviously it's, a, it's acceptable. You know what I mean? It's 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 part of the Carlos Correa talking about getting booed, and I mean that's the right answer. It's like I make a lot of money. I gotta play better. I don't know what else to tell you. Twins fans kinda get off his back. He gets he's playing bad. Let's let's let him figure it out. He's a pro. Uh, anyway, this has been the morning sports desk for Wednesday, May tenth.